Hello, and welcome to Star Wars Sleepover, a laid-back exploration of the captivating and sometimes ridiculous galaxy far, far away. I'm Europa Tokani, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Loe Rowan, and today we'll be talking about Relo. Like our episode on Ben Solo, we have to limit ourselves. There's just way too much to talk about. And so for this first part, we're going to be focusing on The Force Awakens. Let's do this. Okay, it's time now for Cantina Corner. Every episode, Loya and I have each been choosing a Star Wars themed cocktail to enjoy during our sleepover. And I am excited about mine for this episode. I made an attempt to make this back when we recorded our Rose Tico episode, but I had a little bit of trouble finding the ingredients. And I have to say, I went to great lengths find them today so i was just telling loya that i went on quite the journey to to get what i needed i don't know if i mentioned this before but i pretty much live out in the middle of nowhere so i cannot rely on my local liquor stores to have a lot of the things that I would need for more sophisticated cocktails like this one. So I went on like an hour and a half round trip (laughs) to go to a liquor store that did have the ingredients that I needed. So I am excited to have finally made this. This is the Octo. I'm going to say Octo. I still don't know what the quote-unquote correct pronunciation of this is i've also heard act two i prefer octo so we'll just go with that but that is all to say i made another one of the last jedi cocktails that darth molly on twitter and she also has an instagram at molly g m-a-u-l-l-i-e-g-e-e she did drawings of these with the ingredients listed and we made one previously or I should say Loya made one yeah for the Rose Tico episode and she said it was delicious yeah it was the extra salt in the room of that pomegranate margarita is I still think about it so that was the crate and this is the octo and again I just want to give molly credit for coming up with these because i think they're so cool once again they are ryan johnson approved because he (laughs) liked her post on twitter so (laughs) i think this one is appropriate for our episode today and i have not even said what the ingredients are yet so (laughs) i'm sorry i'm very excited about i would have pointed it out (laughs) um it is absinthe creme de violette and jennifer which is dutch gin oh and i, I also wow purchased a coupe glass <laughs> to make this in. oh my god i actually do not have coupe glasses i've wanted I, them yeah i wanted them i did not own them when i was placing my order online i saw that they offered them and that i could have them included in my curbside order so i got nice. one And I, you know, only the best for this cocktail. So (laughs) I am going to go ahead and try it. I should get some. It's really good. Oh, man. My compliments to Molly for coming up with this again. I'm not a big absinthe fan. (laughs) I actually had a bad experience last time I drank absinthe. (laughs) So I was a little apprehensive, but the flavors go really well together. I think... Mm. The other ingredients really balance it out, and I am enjoying it very much. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about mine. Um, <laughs> I chose the dark, uh, dark Lord of the Sprith, which the description is, take a sip of the dark side, the perfect chaser to destroying worlds and killing Jedi. Which is actually pretty, like, yeah, explicit. <laughs> and this is from Oloonies, which is a liquor store in Little Rock, Arkansas. I looked it up. And it is Chambord, dry white wine, and soda water. And I have a feeling it might be on the sweeter side just with the Chambord. But let me take a sip. Mm. I also probably, I could have chosen, like, a Chardonnay, which probably would have made this a little bit 
better. I didn't have a Chardonnay, so I just used Sauvignon Blanc, which are not the same, I know. So it is a little sweet, but definitely drinkable. Nice. Yeah. So I will post a picture of my Octo on our Instagram, but I don't think it's going to capture the color, which is like a really cool lavender grayish color. So cool. So yes, I give this drink very high marks. This podcast and the fact that we make a cocktail every episode has really improved my liquor cabinet I have to say I feel like I'm very well stocked now and when people can come to my house again at some point I definitely will be able to make them pretty much anything they want but for right now I just have a lot of liquor yeah I have a lot of like random things like that spicy tequila I got for like one of the earlier if not the first cocktail I made we, I still have that, in part because it's just not very spicy and boring to me. Darth Brooks tried it, and he thought it was spicy. I think he's wrong. So, yeah, I have that. I have, like, a handful of other things from, like, the other cocktails we've made. I'm, as I'm sipping this, I'm, like, really, really enjoying it. It almost has, like, a martini type of feel. Maybe I do need we do need to up our gin game. Also, this one is just, like, it's a soda water. It's, like, it dilutes the wine. Wow, that's <laughs> how dare it. <laughs> that one is so college. Like dilutes the wine. It just makes it kind of yeah, watery tasting. <laughs> the absinthe also had a warning on it. That <clears throat> was like, this is 97 proof. <laughs> please drink Whoa. it. So yeah, this will be a fun episode. Have, yeah. <laughs> so I've only had absinthe three times. <laughs> this is one of the three. What? One was with you in England in your dorm room Mm -hmm. which we've discussed and the other time was in New Orleans when I went on a haunted pub crawl with one of my friends and we were already drunk by the time we got to the bar that served absinthe and she had never had it and I demanded that we get absinthe I don't like (laughs) the taste of absinthe (laughs) on its own (laughs) So I don't know why I did that. And then I had a horrible nightmares that night. And although I know there's probably not any actual evidence that it was the absinthe, I feel like it's the absinthe. So I hope I don't have nightmares. I hope that if I can have Raylo dreams. Yes, please. But at this point, I feel like, I mean, who can even say if it would be the absinthe? Like... I've had so many weird, disturbing dreams. Did I tell you I had a dream? See, I need to tell you these things more often. I had a dream about Kylo Ren. No. Um, You told me about all your political dreams, but not this one. Oh, my God. The one with Cardi B was still so good to me. It was like the feeling of love, too, right? In the dream, I was Cardi B, and I really <laughs> did love Ted Danson slash Joe Biden. And that is actually a common theme, but like it always goes wrong, right? So in this dream, I was sitting next to Kylo Ren, and there was like this, like I think cause I, I've been watching. I just finished The Good Place, and so it, there was this like soulmate overtone thing going on. And then all of a sudden, we were in this like adult playground. It was. I mean, I don't have a better word for it. It was like a castle, but it was definitely like a okay. playground <laughs> castle. And pirates not, showed not up. adults in another sense. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was with the Cardi B dream, <laughs> like some heavy dancing. <laughs> and this dream, it was very chaste. So all of a sudden we were on this like giant castle playground thing and these pirates showed up and they were hondo pirates but they were definitely like out to get us and it was supposed to be like a simulation like it was supposed to be like pretend but i'm pretty sure they actually did want to kill us and they would have killed us if i hadn't woken up so yeah nightmares in the time of covid okay i think i've drunk like a fourth of this drink so far so i think it's time to get started so cheers cheers And now it is the time in the episode for the Amostroid segment. First off, we just have a correction from last week. We were talking about the current Darth Vader run, which is written by Greg Pak. And I had said that I didn't think the next one was coming out until 
I think I said like December. That was 100% wrong. We are recording this on October 16th. And actually the most recent issue just came out this past Wednesday. I have not read it yet, but it is ongoing. They've started the new arc and that was my bad. So that was incorrect information. The new arc, I know, is dealing with Vader and Palpatine and is going to involve Ochi of Bastoon in some way. So hmm. I am interested to see how that plays out because I, I know that Greg Pak has said that there are going to be connections to Rise of Skywalker. So we'll probably have more on that in the yeah. future. Yeah, I have thoughts already. <laughs> All right. So, we are coming to the end, it's hard to believe, of season one of this podcast, and we do fully intend to do a season two. We are planning to release those episodes sometime this winter, but because this is getting us through (laughs) everything going on in the world right now, we are hoping to release some reaction episodes, some mini episodes, to The Mandalorian season two coming up later this fall. And so we may have a few other surprises, depending. But yes, stay tuned. Keep us in your feed. Continue to follow us. We will be back with full episodes, probably surprisingly shortly here. Or at least... It'll seem short. New content. There will be new content coming shortly. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but not too long. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're anything like me... I can't believe it's October right now, so you'll blink. It'll be January. All right, well, let's get into Rayla. So you had you had very astutely pointed out that we should, before like getting into the meat of it, we should talk about how we initially felt and like, or even the periods of feeling about this relationship. So mine is pretty straightforward. I was for it, like, (laughs) from the get-go. I have established that I have not great taste in guys, and even initially, I was like, yep, this works for me, so... Okay, but let's clarify, at what point were you in? I thought there was, like, maybe some chemistry going on in The Force Awakens, and then once Last Jedi happened, I was there. And then Rise of Skywalker, I was terrified that they were going to make them related, like siblings. I had a lot of anxiety about that, so much so that I was like very worked up emotionally before going to see it. And then that didn't happen. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh, if everything that happened in Rise of Skywalker, at least that didn't happen. And then I had my reaction to Ben's death. And yeah, I love it. So that's interesting because I don't think we talked about this until after The Last Jedi. And that is probably because I had no inkling of it when I saw The Force Awakens, which looking back now, I don't know what was wrong with me. And we'll get to that because it was definitely there. there. It's so there. And I should also just include this disclaimer. We're going to have a conversation about this. And this is all going to be our delayed reactions and analysis, which many, many people have had before us. There is a whole community of people that have been Raylos since TFA. That was not me. But this is not new (laughs) discourse. It's just us wanting to have this conversation about Raylo that we've never gotten to really have. So if you like Raylo, you will enjoy this episode, I think. If you don't like it, don't listen to this episode, maybe. But we uh, we have to just come out and say we are Raylos. Yes. This is, I mean, this is the core of why this podcast came into being. Because, like, we had so many thoughts about this relationship and also more like the greater universe and everything but like yeah i i was i was gonna be like if we hadn't come up with this vehicle to talk about this we would still be having conversations like we have thoughts we have lots of thoughts about this yes maybe not the most original thoughts but we have thoughts that we feel like we need to get out there so i again like i did not see it at all in the force awakens i 
as I've mentioned, hated Kylo Ren. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> did not want him to be with Rey in any way. I thought, actually, even the first time I saw The Last Jedi, that he was just trying to manipulate her. And we can talk about that more when we get to The Last Jedi. But I really did not see it until my second viewing of The Last Jedi. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, wait, there's something going on. And I think that I want it to be going on. Yes. And it was a surprise to myself. Yep. Yeah, I know. I pretty much watched The Last Jedi. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so good. I, yeah. I had a lot of complicated feelings about Kylo Ren. And then they became more complicated, but in an enjoyable way. And after subsequent viewings of The Last Jedi, I was all in. And I remember the last few weeks leading up to Rise of Skywalker, I had to like have these internal talks with myself where I was like, I really want it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I also still had the fear that they could be related, even though <laughs> after The Last Jedi, that would be truly bizarre, <laughs> but I still thought it could happen. Yep. And I just had to put myself in a mental space where I accepted that there wasn't going to be anything else. So we're not going to get into The Rise of Skywalker in this episode. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. There was something, though. Oh, I wanted to clarify, too, my position from the last episode, because obviously I'm very enthusiastic about Raylo, and I do really appreciate Kylo as a character, and, like, listening to what I was saying in the last episode, it, I was a little judgmental there, so I do have a lot of sympathy, and I do have a lot of, like, it is, his story is sad, and, like, I'm glad that Ray's there to kind of, like, help him through his redemption journey. But yeah, it's I I wouldn't say I'm quite as harsh on him normally as I was when we did that episode. I felt like so. you were being more harsh than I expected you to be. Yeah, I know. Like I was listening to that, I was just like, wow. Like I think I have this. And then I also worried that I was being too sympathetic. <laughs> oh my god, I thought you were great. Like I thought you had a good take on it, and you like reined me in when I was just like, do we need to listen to the voices in our head? Like. I don't know why, like, there's so much that there's an overlap, like, kind of to how Ben approaches things and, like, sometimes how I approach things. And so, like, me being so judgmental is just not only judgmental, but also, like, very hypocritical. So, uh, like, listening to that, I was like, you are aware that these are some of your problems. Like, it's one thing, if you were listening, I mean, as most of our listeners will listen from the last episode to this episode, it's kind of like a, uh, a pivot. <laughs> where I'm just like why why do you have to listen to them like you know just don't listen to him go do your own thing and then I'm just like wow he's amazing like he and Ray are so great together like it's it's kind of a weird transition awakens there are illusions that there might be a prior connection between i mean do we call him kylo at this point or is it ben still like he's kind of i mean it's raylo so i'm gonna call him kylo for this episode just because for the most part he is operating under his persona of kylo ren so before kylo and ray meet there are like illusions that they know each other previously so he says specifically like what girl which we talked about in the last episode which implies familiarity and then when ray finds luke's lightsaber she's kind of thrown into this vision and it starts with kind of this like hallway it looks like it's almost like a, a starship and then all of a sudden it like flips and then she w sees Kylo Ren initially, like, with the Knights of Ren. And they're, like, clean, uh, like, it's the end of a battle. And there's just all these, like, dead bodies on the ground. And he starts approaching her. Like, he can see her. And then it flips to her, like, watching her parents fly away. And she's like, come back! Which I now have, like, blazed in my mind from Back to Jakku song. <laughs> 
I mention it just so I can throw that link into the website <laughs> one more time. And then it goes, It I guess it's like a premonition into her fight in the forest. And he like approaches from behind a tree. And then Maz like jolts her out of it. So like, I feel like there's like some varying time frames going on. So like, it makes me wonder if the part with the Knights of Ren and he like approaches her, if he actually did see her for a second like that's whenever that time, time was yeah because that's never really explained like mm-hmm. we don't actually see that scene at any other point and there are yeah. some things in that vision that are never really fleshed out yeah and also some flashbacks to the past so it would make sense like it was something that happened in the past but i feel like maybe possibly i'm watching too many things about time travel like he could have seen like a vision of her at that and- point and then, of course, we know that Ray felt it when he fell to the dark side. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there are any other instances, but we do know of that one where she felt the connection. Yep, exactly. And, like, there's definitely, I mean, at this point, they haven't even met e- either. So, like, this would be another example of, like, there is something going on. She's definitely the one, she can see the future at least a little bit, or have a vision of the future. But then there's something, some things that are happening. She's, like, remembering things that actually happen. And then they meet in the woods for the first time. So, obviously, we're skipping over (laughs) a lot of the plot of The Force Awakens to really focus on their relationship. But we get the what girl from Kylo when they say that the droid was with a girl and then Ray is on Taco Donna and she's fleeing from Maz's castle after she finds the lightsaber and she I'm actually like not totally sure why she's running through the woods in that way I think she's upset because Maz Maz had just told her like and that yeah. actually jogs my memory that when we were watching The Force Awakens together a few months ago, I'm, I'm just remembering I made a comment that when she was running out of the castle, it was like a very Disney princess type of, I'm upset. <laughs> and Oh my god, like, and I'm gonna like fling myself down on a bed type of thing. Beauty and the Beast, straight out of Beauty and the Beast. You're right. Yes. When Belle yep. is leaving the castle. Yes. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. All I want to do is watch that movie now. That also explains like a lot of my behavior as a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm upset. I'm going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> so in rewatching the scene where she's in the woods and Kylo is after her, basically, I, I get, I'm just like having all of these realizations that I never mm-hmm. had previously for whatever reason. There's but chemistry. But also, that whole scene is set up like it's a horror movie. Yeah. Like, she is just wandering through this forest. She can hear him, but she can't see him. Something is chasing her, but she doesn't know what. It's like there's this hidden monster that Mm -hmm. is after her, and she's trying to flee, and it's just, like, panicking. And I know we're going to talk about this more, but there are a bunch of things in this movie that are very gothic horror yeah and again like having just talked about beauty and the beast this is very similar right with like the wolves and beast showing up like well in that instance he's showing up to save bell but she doesn't know that at least initially yeah i mean i i'll just talk again about my first reactions when i first saw this scene i was very freaked out for ray and then he finds her and he just freezes her in place and she can't move and I feel like that was something that we hadn't seen someone do with the force before. And I was just like, oh my God, like that would be so scary. And he's obviously so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, that didn't initially like my first watching, I didn't put too much emphasis on that, but watching it again, I'm just like, why didn't he just do that in the first place? That's true. I'm like, if you could do that the whole time, like, why are you letting her like use her blaster and like running around like why not just freeze her then and there he first of all says the girl i've heard so much about <laughs> oh yeah and i'll just bring up another theme that i feel like especially in this movie as he's meeting ray and learning about her he's just like so fascinated by her 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which does kind of support like the fact that there might be a prior connection. Otherwise, it's kind of like fascination at first sight. So I'm more in favor of the fact like he's either seen her or like kind of, you know, the girl I've heard so much about, like it was a passing thing. It's just like they were accompanied by the girl. Like, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was a lot of conversation going on there. So maybe he and Snoke had like multiple other conversations. So he's already frozen her. Stormtroopers show up and they're like, we need more troops. And he's like, okay, Mm -hmm. pull these troops out. And then he just like causes her to go unconscious. Yeah. And picks her up. Yep. And then we have the much discussed, which I missed out on all of this conversation because I was not really involved in the fandom at this time. Yeah. But I do know there's a lot of discussion about what we will call the bridal carry. Ah. And I actually just saw it, like just came across it on Twitter. Official art that was produced for one of the Star Wars celebrations that is a print of like this moment. And I I don't know if you've ever seen it. We should find it and put it on the website. Yeah. But if you want to talk about gothic horror tropes, this particular piece of art is like exaggerated in that respect. Back to what actually happens. (laughs) So so Kylo is carrying Rey. And everyone can see her. Yeah. I'll get, we can get to that. I'm going to do well, a little rant on that. Okay. My question is, again, watching this in retrospect, why? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, he like, has no problem delegating things. As yeah. Well. So why wouldn't he tell a stormtrooper to take her? Or why wouldn't he, you know, just have someone, like, put binders on her and take her? Like, why did he decide that he needed to personally carry her? Oh, I love this. Control. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I think I think the best answer, like the one I would most want to be true, is the fact that he felt this connection and he no- knocked her out and he is personally like seeing to her because he feels this connection. The other possible answers are significantly less fun. Like... He wants to control the situation, so he's controlling her body in this particular moment. He doesn't trust the stormtroopers. He doesn't think they can carry her. (laughs) So in that first response of he feels a connection, so he wants to keep her with him. Yes. Is there implied that he doesn't want her to be mistreated by others? That's a good question. Like, I feel like, do stormtroopers mistreat their prisoners? I guess some might. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the administrative structure is (laughs) as to how prisoners are handled. I mean, obviously they torture prisoners. Yeah, that's true. Not that stormtroopers do that themselves. Yeah. It seems like the province droid, torture droids. Although they don't, yeah, they definitely seem to be like taking orders so i feel like he could have definitely like ordered them to treat her well and they probably would have treated her well because they follow orders i think it's more like less like fear of fear of mistreatment and more like wanting to keep her close okay interesting again that's best case scenario i don't really have anything more to say (laughs) on that i just wanted to share that and i have shared this with you before But there is an interview that Daisy Ridley did where I think she was asked, like, the most fun moment she had filming Star Wars or, like, one of her favorite moments was. And she was talking about how when they filmed this scene and she was being carried into the ship, (laughs) like, apparently... Adam Driver was just swearing (laughs) because he (laughs) had to carry her up the ramp. (laughs) And she was just, like, giggling the entire time. (laughs) I love that. Also, every single time it astonishes me that, like, everyone has this this just, like, amazing vision. Like, they can see across such distance and they're like, (laughs) you know, I I know what's going on right now. Yeah. 
Exactly. I'm like, okay, Han could maybe see a dark black figure that towers over other people and like be like, oh, that's Ben. But like, how how can Finn see Ray? Like, she is like she's being carried up a ramp. He can see Tylo's like Tylo's form, like very distant black figure like moving. I have no idea how you realize that he has Ray. And also, I feel really bad for John Boyega because in this one and then also The Rise of Skywalker, his main role seems to be like running after Ray, being like, Ray! Ray! Yeah. Same. And also bringing The Rise of Skywalker into it, maybe we can retroactively presume that he knows that's Ray because he's force sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess we can go with that. I suppose. It's fine. All right. So he takes her on the ship makes this decision. She knows where the map is. I'm going to get out of her. And yeah, there's an interrogation scene. And you have a note here where it's your transitions from Han and Leia. Yeah. So again, rewatching these clips, I realized that this scene comes immediately after a scene of Han and Leia, which may mean absolutely nothing, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Should we do it? Can we do the line reading first? I guess. You want to do the right? Ra- okay. I yes. apologize in advance for this line reading. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to be amazing, guys. We promise. Have, I, we you, can't make that promise. have you already decided which role you would like to take? Um, I feel like I want to be Kylo. <laughs> okay. That's totally fine. However, I will not attempt to do a British accent. So you'll just have to have oh. my normal accent because I'm not going to attempt that. Please note, like, the last time we did this, I didn't actually attempt a British accent. I just tried to get the intonation, which probably was off, but I tried. (laughs) I can't promise that this will bear any resemblance to what Ray sounds like. (laughs) That's right. My Kylo is going to be awful. It's just going to be like Han Solo, but gloomy. I don't even know. All right. So this is is the interrogation scene when Ray wakes up. Let's see if we get through this without yeah. laughing. Stop laughing. All right. <clears throat> Where am I? <laughs> that was so funny. I'm sorry, God. Where am I? <laughs> I'm like, do I do the, like, mask? <laughs> You're not there. I don't think you can hear me. Also, I don't know why I find this hilarious at this point. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to do. Where am I? You're my guest. Where are the others? Do you mean the murderers, traitors, and thieves you call friends? You'll be relieved to hear I have no idea. You still want to kill me. That happens when you're being hunted by a creature in a mask. I removed my helmet. Tell me about the droid. He's a BB unit with a selenium drive and a thermal hyperscan vindicator. He's carrying a section of the navigational chart. We have the rest recovered from the archives of the Empire. We need the last piece. And somehow... You convince the droid to show it to you. You, a scavenger. You know I can take what I want. You're so lonely, so afraid to leave. At night, desperate to sleep, you imagine an ocean. I see it. I see the island. And Han Solo. You feel like he's the father you never had. He would have disappointed you. Get out of my head. I know you've seen the map. It's in there. And now you'll give it to me. Don't be afraid. I feel it, too. I'm not giving you anything. We'll see. You. You're afraid that you will never be as strong as Darth Vader. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, there's so much going on in this scene. Like, first of all, why is he crouching? Like, he's just sitting there crouching. <laughs> it's like, like when I you feel go like... to a restaurant and they're like, hey, I'll be your server. Let me crouch down so I'm on the same level as you. Yes! I'm like, how long was he sitting there? Did he know she was going to wake up right then? Like, are his knees sore? Like, does he just have amazing, like, quads, hamstrings? Like, anyways. I mean, probably. Probably. But yeah. And then you have a comment on, like, you're my... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I I think I made a comment that that was very, like, Dracula or something. (laughs) No. But now, also, having talked about Beauty and the Beast. Right? That is literally all I can think about right now, is just the fact that just like, there are some very strong Beauty and the Beast overtones going on. <laughs> he seems, like, almost surprised 
that she still wants to kill him. I'm looking at the script now to see if that actually... Yeah, I've actually never seen the script, so you just... This is amazing. Some of the... What would we call that? I don't know. Like, the notes in the script into our shared Google Doc, and it's very interesting. Agreed. Also, he takes off his mask, and, like, Ray's face, like, they describe it as stunned. (laughs) To me, kind of into him. Like, she's like, oh, hey. I feel like... It's just like, what the hell? Like, obviously, it's not what she was expecting because no. it's not what the audience was expecting. And no. for him to take his mask off and be an attractive young person is, yeah. So we could talk more about the vulnerability and what his taking his mask off means. But <laughs> you obviously wanted me to tell a story yes. about this, so I I'll did. do that. <laughs> so when I went to see The Force Awakens when it was first released, I was with my husband and <laughs> like I loved it. I really enjoyed seeing it the first time. <laughs> As we've discussed previously, my husband is not really a Star Wars fan. I think he likes The Force Awakens okay. However, this moment will live in infamy because when Kylo took his mask off and my husband saw Adam's drive, Adam Driver's face. He just burst out laughing at like an embarrassingly loud level. It was silent in the theater. You could just hear him <laughs> laughing. The thing is, I can imagine this so easily. Like in my head now, when I that scene happens, I hear your husband's laughter in my head. <laughs> like, so good it did not handle it he just he still talks about it to this day he was like from that moment on i could not take him seriously and the fact that he took his helmet off and like shook his head and his hair his hair was so voluminous like i remember being shocked by that i was like oh like huh yeah i do remember that when he took a lot of hair i was also surprised that he was a normal person yeah yeah a normal person with and looks looked like very sensitive. Yeah. Sensitive <laughs> person. So yeah, that's like a good segue to talk about him taking his mask off. His face is so expressive, and in all of these scenes with Ray, he is visibly emotional. Yes. And I feel like one of the reasons that he wears the mask is because obviously people can't see him being emotional and sensitive all the time. And it's like a protection and a mask in the metaphorical sense of the word. And it's just so telling that he chooses to take it off in front of Ray. Like who would he ever take his mask off in front of and why would he do it with her? Yes. But, but I do feel like, so later on, like after she escapes, he comes to Snoke's like, you know, there's a, a meeting with him, Snoke and Hux. Hux doesn't react to his face. I feel like Hux has seen his face. You know, I actually have heard, and I think this is confirmed, that in the earlier scene where he's mm-hmm. talking to Snoke with Hux, he actually didn't have his mask on. When oh. they filmed it, and they digitally added it because they wanted his face to be revealed in that scene with Ray. That makes sense. But... I also think that maybe Hux has seen his face. Like, if we we did learn, like, from the rise of Kylo Ren that Snoke and Hux were definitely already in conversations prior to Ben showing up. So that would make sense if, like, as Ben is, like, learning under Snoke, Hux has seen him, like, periodically without the mask. That also I, might explain, like, why Hux... Maybe ha- Hux's father, though. Wait, what? That- that Snoke is referencing. Oh. Oh. But, I mean, obviously, Snoke has seen his face. Yeah. Snoke and Hux actually, Hux now that I think has, about it, Hux like, yeah. walks in during that scene. Initially, it's just Kylo. Yes. And yeah, he walks in. He doesn't react at all to having his face. Like, it makes me feel True. like he's seen it before and he's, like, unimpressed. Well, yeah, he's just generally unimpressed. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I feel like it's not it's not a frequent occurrence, but I do feel like Hux has has that background knowledge for some whatever reason. But it just opens the conversation to slash, but <laughs> probably <laughs> not high. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you have a prisoner and you're trying to intimidate them, right? It doesn't. You yeah. would not take your intimidating mask off. Mm-mm. No, no. I feel like he's trying to connect with her. See, so and like in the script, Kylo Ren nearly touches her face. They're both surprised. They react to a feeling that passes between them and energy that they recognize in each other. And then it's gone. Adversaries again. I've never read the script, so it's very mm-hmm. interesting to see that. And then, of course, there is the don't be afraid, I feel it too line. Yeah. Which I, I feel like, like I didn't know what to do with when no, I No, I don't that. either. I mean, like, I do now, I guess, that we know that they're a dyad and we know that they have this connection. I guess that is what he's referencing. Yeah. Also, script writing is just so interesting. Like, why are there so many caps? Like, random capital letters. Like, yeah, despite I don't know. the pain, she's strong. <laughs> I don't face, as his Capital letters. His confidence begins to melt away. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand why that's, like, the style... It seems. Yeah, and I Ray don't... does the unthinkable. She <laughs> enters his head, amazed at what she is seeing. Come into this tent and behold. Like, yeah. It feels oh, like a circus. Yeah, I don't understand. It's <laughs> <laughs> for writing conventions. <laughs> so. I did, having just talked about Ben in our last episode, like his facial expressions when he's talking about, like, Han Solo disappointing him that really that was hard I I feel bad like I felt for him in that moment before we move on well we'll still stay on the scene but in addition to the you're my guest which could be either a vampire or the beast I, I also noted that she calls him a creature and just his general tone in this scene I feel like again just seems like he's so fascinated with ray and everything Mm -hmm. that he says to her just sounds like he's so intrigued and he just wants to know more about her and she obviously is not interested in that but i don't uh, i mean i feel like she is like somewhat fascinated like you know as soon as he pulls off his helmet she's just kind of like surprised but also like in their dynamic when she's like reading his mind there's some fascination there I don't know if I agree with that. Hmm. Interesting. Like, maybe not romantic fascination, but, like, fascination at the power that she can do that. And also, like, fascination at, like, who he is, like, what his motivation is. Maybe it's more curiosity. I agree that she's surprised by what she can do and the fact Mm -hmm. that she can see into his mind and knows what he's feeling. But I think it's more so curiosity and surprise about that than about him at this point. Yes. I feel, yeah. Yep, maybe fascination's the wrong word. It is, like, more she can do it, she found something out interesting versus, like, I want to get to know you sort of thing. Yeah, and again, like, he is supposed to be in control of this situation. Mm -hmm. He is trying to get something from her, but he's making himself vulnerable by taking his mask off and showing her that, you know, he's just a person like she is. Yeah. I think she's surprised that he's Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously he is surprised that she can do the same thing that he's doing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. I feel like he got a little cocky after the temple broke up or blew up. <laughs> the temple <laughs> broke up. <laughs> Sorry, temple bands. <laughs> we can't sing together anymore. By the way, <laughs> speaking of, do you know that Yoko Ono has a song? Well, it's a song using Yoko Ono lyrics called Yes, I'm a Witch. Have you I heard this? Like, yes, I do. I do know that. Okay. Because I was, it was like brand new information to me. I was just like, wait, they like did a compilation CD of people where you could like use any aspect of Yoga Ono's work and like do what you want. And like most people just used her vocals. 
but it was just very interesting to me. It's a good song. I actually love Yoko Ono. I don't know how I feel about her. I, I do really, lo- I really appreciate her performance art. I don't think I know enough to have a like foundation of like, sorry, not a foundation, uh, an opinion really. I do really like her warbling on "This Is Christmas." Like I can hear it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> Just something about it. It's just so fun. Like I'm like, oh, there it is. Like every single year, every single time I hear the song, honestly. So yeah. I should look more into like her performance arts, her biography. Like the only thing I know about her is like in reference to the Beatles. I would say I like her more than John Lennon. Oh really? I don't really like John Lennon much, so it's not a high bar. I don't think I know enough. Like my 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 knowledge of the Beatles is their songs and then the movies, which are not realistic. <laughs> Yellow submarine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have an actual biographical information. <laughs> right. I mean, it's possible Ringo has visited an octopus's garden. Like I I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we need to talk about Cannon Ashes. Yes, yes, the Cannon Ashes. He pulls his mask off, and then he sets it in this, like, tray. Is it a tray? Like, would you describe that I, as a I, tray? I guess that's as good of a description as you can have. I don't really know what else to call it. Right? He sets it in this, like, tray, and I don't even know where I was going with this. Like, it's dark. It doesn't. It's not clear what those are. And how is it revealed that those are people's ashes? I don't remember. So... <laughs> I guess there needs to be some yeah. context around yeah. this. <laughs> After The Last Jedi, I clearly became a Kylo Ren apologist. And at one point, I was watching The Force Awakens and texting Loya. Yeah. And we were just yeah. guessing how many people had been killed by Kylo Ren or, like, as a direct result of his actions. And yeah. <laughs> we were like, it's not that bad. The and then... For some reason, we looked up that scene because I think we were wondering, like, what was going on. And there was an interview with J.J. Abrams in which he stated that canonically what's in that tray are the ashes of Kylo Ren's enemies. I still, like, this doesn't resonate with me for Kylo and or Ben. J.J. Abrams (laughs) just doesn't resonate for me for the character that you created. I'm sorry. But the thing is, like, he's so obsessed with, like, killing the past. Like, why would we have, like, how is he collecting these ashes? Like, is he just, like, going to the battlefield after the battle and being, like, you know, scooping things up? Like, where do the ashes come from? Like, why are they all burned? Like, does he carry his enemy's bodies and then burn them someplace? Like, how does this even work? And then also that just seems like way too much effort for someone who wants to, like, get rid of the past. He wants to get rid of the past, but he's also obsessed with right Darth Vader but this is not Darth Vader this is but I also feel like at some point I maybe had the thought that it could have been Darth Vader's ashes which I also question how he would get those I still question how he got the helmet so agreed yes yes so I feel like it's just like yes those are canon ashes but I feel like I I don't know I want J.J. Abrams to come up with like oh um, explanation for how Kylo got these ashes and like why they're all in a tra- tray. I want an extensive backstory <laughs> about I who exactly these ashes belong to, yep. how and why they were killed, how their bodies were burned, and how the ashes were collected. Yes. Give me the logistics. Only then will we accept that they are truly canon ashes. Yes. Because I feel like that does escalate Kylo from being, like, a tragic character to kind of just being creepy. Yeah, I mean, especially, like... It doesn't jive, right? Like, it really creeps me out. I don't like the fact that he has these ashes, and then also, like, they're not in a closed container. (laughs) They're just out, (laughs) and he, like, slams his mask down into it, and they just, like, go over... Oh, no. I don't, like the loose ashes. <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like this introduces an element of Kylo slash Ben that is 
at odds with what we've seen in subsequent works, probably. Like, the Kylo from Rise of Kylo Ren isn't going around collecting people's ashes. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, J.J. Abrams, I challenge you. (laughs) Better explain these ashes. Bring me an explanation of these ashes. (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, it'd be like... I mean, I like messed up characters but let's be honest ben linus cad bane and the hound are not going around collecting people's ashes like yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so that happened and then the next time we see ray and kylo interact is when han solo dies and it's also an interaction and more of an observation also okay I'll, I'll ask my question after. So, as we talked about, Han comes to Ben in the last episode. As we talked about in the last episode, Han comes to Ben and he's trying to convince him to renounce the dark side. And Ben kills him. And for some reason, at this point, Ray and Finn are just standing watching them. Yeah, and have and so, excellent vision. Yeah, so they see this, even though they're pretty far away, they witness this happening, and Ray has a very emotional reaction. Yep. And even Finn, like, Finn, like, she has to pull him away. And then they run away, and somehow, despite the fact they're, like, higher up, and presumably don't have to, like, trek up a bunch of stairs, Kylo Ren manages to get ahead of them in the forest. Yeah, so they're fleeing, he intercepts them, basically, I guess he sees Finn first and he says, we're not finished yet. And then starts fighting with Finn and then Ray gets involved. Yeah. Yes. And I also had a note in here. Side note, the scene really gives me Christmas vibes because obviously it came out in December and it's so snowy. And I just, yes. when I watch it, I'm just like, Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah. It's like a snow globe. Like, the gently falling snowflakes it also is like very earthy like it doesn't feel like you're on another planet like it's just you're in a forest and there's snow isn't this amazing minus the fighting well i don't know i have very like disjointed thoughts on this so do you have anything to say so uh, he slams ray into a tree and there's like this like a little squeaky sound which i didn't notice the first like any of the stuff previous times I listened to this it's her being like in pain um and she drops to the ground and then Finn takes up the lightsaber he fights Kylo and he does a better job with the lightsaber than Cad Bane I have to admit and then they fight for a while and Kylo rakes the lightsaber up Finn's back and I'm just like yeah that's that's some serious damage and then Ray wakes up well, first there's the lightsaber, loose lightsaber that Finn had been fighting with goes flying off into the woods. And Kylo's like trying to summon it to him. And he's like straining a little. And then it flies to Ray. I love this moment so much. I feel like I've already referenced this in this podcast. But every time I watch it, I just like get chills. And then the force theme plays. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. So much. It's crazy to me because, like, even having seen this, like, so many times, there's just this moment of surprise that it's, like, going to Ray. And I don't know if that's just, like, they set it up that way and it's just really good, like, directing and cinematography. Or if, like, it's just continuously a surprise that, like, yes, there is a female Jedi. She exists. It's Ray, Like, that sort of thing. And Uh, when she is holding the lightsaber in her hand before she ignites it, the look Mm -hmm. on Kylo Ren's face is truly just one of, like, complete awe. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even look upset. He's just like, oh my god. Yeah, exactly. And you you have a note here that's, like, it's a raw fight and they're equally matched. Like, initially, she's losing ground. Like, everything that she's doing is, like, very defensive. Like, she's throwing up parries and he just continues fighting her like if that had continued i don't see that being an equal fight but then he mentioned the fact she needs a teacher yeah so he says you need a teacher i can show you the ways of the force and then she's just like oh right the the force force. (laughs) 
And then then there's also that amazing shot where she just closes her eyes. Yes. And you see the light from the lightsabers, the blue and red light on her face. That shot is amazing. Yes. So good. And he gives her the time. He just impresses advantage. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, now it's an equal fight. And she just goes completely on the attack and... Well, okay, maybe it's not an equal fight because then he, like, she pretty much beats him pretty yeah. thoroughly. She forces his, the blade of his lightsaber into the snow and extinguishes it and slashes him across the face. And then he's just, like, lying there. And you get the sense that she could have killed him. Oh, yeah. In that moment. He was completely disarmed. He was injured. Yep. And then... The ground just cracks and separates them. Yes. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but I've always felt like that was the force being like, no, you can't kill each other. That's not what's going to happen. I like that. And there was also something that J.J. Abrams said at one point that they had like another shot of that scene where the ground has slid open and they're like on opposite sides Mm -hmm. of the chasm. And however it was framed, he said they took it out because it was too obvious. And I have to wonder if it was some sort of yin and yang type of reference. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like JJ Abrams is setting the stage that they are a dyad and like they are equal and opposite. But at the same time, then he kind of goes back on that in Rise of Skywalker, which we I guess we'll talk about later. Yeah, I, I realized rewatching this again, like in this lens of looking at their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I realized that there was more of setting that up in The Force yeah. Awakens than I thought. Yes. And same. I, yeah, it's. Interesting because obviously I feel like the bulk of that was in The Last Jedi and it was much more readily apparent, but it is definitely there in The Force Awakens. Yeah, I was I'm, I've been surprised about that as well. Like rewatching this, I'm like, this this was kind of, you know, J.J. Abrams and the screenwriters for The Force Awakens idea. So this was really kind of where we leave them in The Force Awakens. They've had this lightsaber battle and Rey just sort of leaves him injured. Yep. And then Millennium Falcon just like randomly shows up and it, thank goodness, they like carry Finn off. And Snoke tells Hux that he should fetch Kylo Ren. So like, I presume Hux goes out there and like gets him or sends someone else to get him i'm sure he loved that i would assume he sent someone else because i can't imagine Hux personally going out and carried him as dandy. <laughs> oh man yeah i also don't imagine that but that would be so sweet <laughs> also that lieutenant like they set it up so like lieutenant there's this random like first order lieutenant who just like leaves. They're like, what are you, where are you going? And he's like, the battle's lost. Hux, even Hux has left. And like, nothing ever happens to him. Or maybe I just missed that because I was focusing on Ray and Kylo. I'll have to rewatch The Force Awakens in its entirety to see what happens to the lieutenant. <laughs> As we know, Kylo Ren survived. And we will pick up our conversation and talk about The Last Jedi in next season. Okay, well, that's it for today's show. Our intro and outro music is by Lobo Loco, and our segment break music is by Poddington Bear. As always, you can find us on StarWarsSleepover.com, where we have lots of links to things that we've referenced in the episode. You can also find us on Twitter at SWSleepover and on Instagram at StarWarsSleepover. If you are a listener follow us to stay updated on what we're doing because we will have some mini episodes as we said and there's lots more to come if you have enjoyed our first season i can't believe it's already over please do consider subscribing rating and especially reviewing on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts it really does help to get the word out 
to other listeners. And if you listen and like us, please also consider just telling a friend who might be interested as well. We will be back in a few weeks. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. And may the force be with you. 